0: You and I too can dare to boast and put our eyes on ourselves and take pride in our own religious standing. That's why it's so important to, like Paul, to say, whatever was to my prophet, garbage. Not only does he say that all the stuff he had accomplished, all his religious zeal, and all his observances and practices, his religious life, he says, is not only a loss. But he says, rubbish, garbage. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with Rock Solid Hope and Rim Country. September 29th, 2019. Philippians 3, 4 to 11. Do you ever start a book by reading the back cover or the inside jacket? There quite often you'll, you'll find a picture of maybe the author and some paragraph or two regarding how great they are or why you should read the book. I found a book that I thought looked intriguing when I saw the information on the author, so I decided to give it a read. Sure enough, as I started reading that book, there was an introduction in which the author wanted to tell you some more about himself. And this author went on to proclaim himself as the most qualified to write this commentary on the Hebrew Torah. He had, after all, explained been a professor at a Hebrew college for many years, teaching from the Torah. And he explained how, even as he made contacts with people around the world, he gained insight from renowned authors and people that he had professional contacts with. And then he went on to describe his experience in travel and fielding questions. And then, after you read his introduction, you get to the the preface to the book, written by an admirer of the man who then goes on to assert that he is writing the preface for the wisest, smartest man he has ever known. And when I began to read the book, I sure enough saw that was, that was not enough, simply the academic accolades and scholarly insights that he had. No, he, he then went on to describe his greatest achievement. He said that he had regarded and honored the Ten Commandments like none other because he said, Even, as he noted, when I left home at the age of 21, I called my mother once every week. The man was not a Christian, but he considered that, keeping God's commands, his highest achievement and moral quality, his greatest regard. Was I impressed? Could I have been? The Apostle Paul certainly wouldn't have been impressed with all of this man's claims. Rather, as he speaks here, he he points out that all religious fervor and zeal, all striving for moral purity and obtaining righteousness and keeping God's law can, in the end, amount to nothing. Because one can get lost in pride as they begin to take confidence in that. Lost in the flesh. Certainly, this is something that is a danger for you and I as well. It can happen to anyone. So this morning we consider what our God says regarding these words as Paul teaches us in Philippians chapter 3. As he writes to the Philippians, he's actually writing to some Christians that he found great joy in. These Christians were those that supported the gospel, those that endeavored to spread the good news and receive the message of God's word. They were very dear to Paul. But even as such, Paul has to write and warn them of a real danger that they faced Even in their religious zeal. He refers to it here by saying, I warn you not to have any confidence in the flesh. Referring to confidence in the flesh, he means those who would take pride and those who would put their self worth in what they had achieved, either through religious observance or through keeping God's commands. In Paul's day, this was a big problem in the church. People would strive to keep his commands, the regulations given to ancient Israel, and they would even add on top of them. In doing so, put confidence in their own strength and saw themselves in pride above others. Now, imagine, unless you're going to be reading commentaries by world-renowned Hebrew scholars, or like me, you're into reading by authors who make commentaries on Scripture, you probably don't encounter too many people or boasting of their moral purity because they kept God's commands. But still, aren't there many who will begin to take pride in the flesh and to put confidence in the flesh, as Paul speaks? Yes, there, there are some Christians who will regard their position as superior than others because of their own efforts or achievements or because of their own methods of religious observance over and against others. Some will regard perhaps their baptism as superior in manner or approach. Or they'll regard that their style of worship is somehow superior to the style of others. And so they put confidence in their performance rather than in their teaching. Or they begin to put confidence in their holding to the rituals of the church and the historic rites. Once again, put confidence in their performance. And religious fervor and zeal. Some will even boast how their church is able to help this world and make a difference in this world by dealing with injustice, poverty, and ignorance. And once again, they begin to fall into the danger of boasting in the flesh, taking confidence in their own religious zeal and observance and moral purity. The Apostle Paul writes regarding this. He says, If anyone has the ability or the right to claim such confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul describes his position as he says, circumcised on the eighth day. Paul is not someone who was brought to faith later on. No, he had Christian parents who were looking for the Messiah, and who brought Paul as a child of the covenant to be circumcised on the eighth day. Paul was a lifelong disciple of God and servant of the Lord. And Paul, unlike many others, could say he was of the people of Israel. And more than that, the tribe of Benjamin. Many Israelites had been scattered, intermingled, could not faithfully trace their lines if their forefathers had been faithful. But Paul could. The tribe of Benjamin Along with save remnants of Judah and Levi, could trace their lineage and could claim faithfulness. And Paul says he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. Unlike Hebrew scholars, that has to sit down and study the Hebrew Bible and, and learn the Hebrew and master it on their efforts. Paul not him. He lived Hebrew. Paul was someone who grew up with his native speaking, the language of Scripture. Paul didn't have to be taught how to understand the words of God. Paul knew and lived the words of God, a Hebrew of Hebrews, at a time when many in his time and his peers were beginning to lose the language of the Bible and did not speak Hebrew anymore. In regard to the law, Paul says, Pharisee. Pharisees, as you might know, were regarded as not only keeping the law, but throwing a couple man-made laws on top just to make sure they kept the law. And everybody looked at them and saw that if anyone kept the Ten Commandments and God's will, it was the Pharisee. Paul, of all people, could boast about his religious zeal and fervor. In fact, he's going to go on and describe he was so zealous, so headlong into his religious observance, he began to put confidence in the flesh and was blinded his own sin. He says, as for zeal, persecuting the church. Paul had regarded the the Christians around him as dismissing God's word and so saw himself as a servant of God going after Christians. And he says, as for outward righteousness, faultless. His religious peers would look at Paul and they would see him as someone who was utterly blameless and had a perfect reputation. He follows God's word. Now all this that Paul held to, he regarded it in an utterly different light from those who put confidence in the flesh. See, his attitude changed. He says, "But what was once, what I once regarded to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss. Paul goes on to say, not only does he say that all the stuff he had accomplished, all his religious zeal, and all his observances and practices, his religious life, he says, is not only a loss, but he says rubbish, garbage. Paul not only did not want to hold on to the things that he had done in the flesh, but he wanted to toss them out as a stench. He would not hold on to his religious fervor and past religious life any more than you would hold on to the garbage in your home. This word refers to the leftover rotten kitchen scraps or perhaps even it would refer to the things left in the chamber pot. The stench. I need to and I want to get rid of it, Paul says. What happened? He had been so zealous. Well, Paul had a surprise. He met Christ. Christ. On the way and on the road, as he was traveling to, as he says here, persecute Christians, the risen, resurrected Lord Jesus appeared to him. And with great surprise, Paul realized and saw the living Lord. And after that experience, Paul had faith in Jesus Christ as his Lord. And Paul knew there's a far greater surprise in store for those who put their confidence in their own righteousness and following God's law. Religious zeal and fervor is not in and of itself always a bad thing, but it's something you can become lost in, and lost in its pride, so that you fall away from seeing Christ and your own sin. The Apostle Paul knew that when Christ comes again, he will judge this world, and those who put their confidence in the flesh, that is their own deeds and their own works, will be surprised on the last day. As Jesus taught, he said, he will say to them, those who had confidence in their own righteousness, away from me, you who are cursed, into the fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And those who have had confidence in the flesh, who did good things, who helped the poor, and who served others, will say, Lord, when did we not do good things? Looking to their own strength and achievements. And Jesus, the Lord, and the Judge of all will say to them, I don't know you. Whatever the least you failed to do, you remain cursed and guilty before me, condemned. The sad reality that when we begin to look to our own strength and pride, we can become lost in it, that we take our eyes off of Christ. And lost in pride, we can begin to fall away from our eyes and our standing on Christ. Well, could this ever happen to you and me? Well, maybe you might say, well, I know God's word and I, I hold to it and I belong to a conservative Christian church body which the wells certainly regards the word with high regard. Could I ever put confidence in the flesh? In doing so, we begin to look the wrong places and look to ourselves, don't we? If we regard the fact that we belong to a conservative, confessional church body as something that brings us to a position that impresses God, dare we boast? Or maybe one could say, well, my pastor is maybe not a Hebrew scholar of Hebrew scholars for the world, but he can understand the language of Scripture, and he can read Hebrew and Greek, and so do all the other pastors in my church body. But dare we boast in academic achievement or learning does that impress our God? Or maybe one could say, you know what? Maybe I wasn't you know, the, the best Christian, but I've been a lifelong Christian. I was baptized on the eighth day, and I've served my God all my life. But God is not impressed. That's all that matters. And when one begins to take confidence in your position, in your religious fervor or observance or zeal, you and I too can dare to boast and put our eyes on ourselves and take pride in our own religious standing. That's why it's so important to, like Paul, to say, Whatever it was to my prophet, I consider loss, garbage. I not only view my religious observances not helpful, when it comes to salvation, it gets in the way, it's rubbish and a stench. I disregard it. Why? We say along with the Apostle Paul, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Rather than being found boasting and taking pride in our own flesh, we have confidence in one who alone could. Jesus, the Son of God, took on human flesh and he alone is the one that could boast and have confidence in his flesh. True God, and according to his human nature, also perfect in every way, faultless in regard to the law, not only outwardly observing the law, but perfectly keeping it from the heart all the time. So everyone who saw him would have to say, there is one who has kept God's law, kept it from the heart. And Jesus, the perfect, holy Son of God, did not come to take on human flesh so he could boast, take confidence in it, rather Jesus, our Lord, took on human flesh so he could give that flesh for you. Taking the curse that we deserved, Jesus, the only one who was perfect and who could boast, did not deserve death. He deserved only life, but he traded his righteousness for our curse so that you and I could stand before our God, not with our own righteousness, but we can say with Paul, Paul, that I may be found in Him, in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, that is Jesus, and is by faith. Our confidence, that is our faith, is placed in Him. And with such confidence, rather than being lost in pride, lost to our own shortcomings lost to our own stench of sin, we toss out everything that we might gain Christ and be found that is found in faith through him. And in Christ, we have attained what no one else could ever attain, righteousness. And like Paul, we can say that along with Christ, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to see him too, And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, that is, whatever may come, it's not going to knock me away from my Christ. I will join after him in following and suffering, enduring all things, because I know in him I have something and attained something amazing. Paul says, And so, somehow, not as if he had any doubt, but he didn't know how it would happen, somehow, whether he would die, as he writes in Philippians, soon, or perhaps go on living, the manner of death not known, but somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. You and I have attained in Christ the very opposite of pride and a flesh, which will die and perish and be condemned. We have attained righteousness, and we have attained the promise to a resurrection and a new life. Where is boasting? Where is our confidence? You know, there's someone who does have a book written, And in that book, it does boast of him. And it rightly does so. And found in him, Christ, who is our Lord, our living God, we have attained life. Toss aside all pride. Be found in Christ. Amen.